Would you stand for just a moment and uh, have a, if you're able, I want to read a verse to you. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. <clears throat> the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 and in verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You may be seated. I was putting this together, and I thought one of the hardest things to do at times is to persevere and uh, uh, I'm working on my daughter's car, and I am losing perseverance. <laughs> it's hard to persevere at times, but to persevere, and, you know, sometimes when something's exciting, you can persevere. You know, you think about sports or some event or some activity or maybe something that you're really good at, it's a little easier to persevere at something that you're really good at at times. But in life in general, sometimes it's hard to persevere when things are going not as planned, and it's hard to do that, and sometimes things don't go as planned, and it's really hard to continue on. Connor and I uh, went on a fishing trip a few years back, and uh, we went down toward uh, southern Ohio, and uh, so I had an old uh, F-100 Ford pickup truck, and, uh, and I had an old uh, uh, trailer that I had purchased, I think, for about 50 or or $100 for this old uh, Sears 1956 boat to go on it and uh, so I had done a lot of work to this trailer and tried to make it work and all that kind of stuff so as we decided we're going to take this trip and I thought well it's a small boat and and uh, we're driving down the highway and as we're driving down the highway all of a sudden I see one of the straps come flying off of the back of the boat and uh, I got to look and I thought I wonder what happened you know and so I got another strap out and I put it on and I'm driving down the highway then I got a guy in a Cadillac Escalade uh, just pulling up beside me, blowing a horn and waving his arm, and I'm looking. And so I had put these two pieces of PVC pipe there so whenever I ride the boat in, you know, it would stay. So I had mounted them there. Well, one of the mounts broke and blew off one of those and almost hit that guy's Cadillac Escalade. And, you know, I can't imagine what would, that would have endured uh, had I had to pull over and find out what I'd done to his car. So we're going down, and so we get to the campsite, and as we got to the campsite, I pulled the truck in with the boat and and uh, and so as I pulled it in usually I it's a three speed on the column I always had a habit of just setting the brake so I pull in and it's on a slight hill and I jump out of the truck and uh, we went in to get the permit for the campsite and I go in to get the permit when I come back out my truck is at the bottom of the hill and the boat and the truck are sitting this way so the boat is at the front door of the truck so what it did is it broke the hitch, or it didn't break the hitch, but it, uh, what's the other piece, the receiver, uh, it broke it off. And, uh, and so Connor goes, well, what do we do now? So I had chains still there, so I just wrapped it around the, the bumper and uh, took it over and, and got over there. And so I thought, well, this is good. And so uh, finally we get down to, to we're going to go fishing. And so I take and drag this boat down there to go fishing. And uh, we get the boat and we start to go out into the water. Well, that strap was allowing that boat to bounce like this. Well, it had beaten a hole in the bottom of the boat, and I didn't see it, so we're already in the boat. And so as we were, I was backing the boat in, he was standing on the dock, and he was trying to help me, and I was, you, if you've never tried to back up a boat with a three-speed on the column, if on, it wasn't a hydraulic clutch or nothing as I was backing up, I'm trying to watch him because I wanted to make sure he was being safe, and all of a sudden I didn't see him anymore. Well, he went into the water, and I uh, went off the dock, and I knew it was pretty deep. And I thought, man, this is crazy. So 
I get him, and he goes, man, my phone's in my pocket, you know, and, and so he was all upset about his phone being in his pocket. This is all in one trip, and so as we did this, he, uh, he then in turn says to me, he goes, well, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to go fishing, and so I, so I put the boat in the water, and we're starting to back out, and as I'm backing out, it's going, blah, 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 blah. all this water starts coming up in the boat, and he goes, what in the world? I was like, I don't know. I have no idea. So we pull it out, and you could see where the trailer was rubbing against the bottom of that aluminum boat and just wore a hole in it. And so he goes, now what are we going to do? And uh, believe me, fellas, this is a true story. Duct tape is phenomenal. And so I had something called Loctite. I don't even know why I threw it in the truck, and I squirted Loctite over it. I put duct tape over it, and he said, what are we going to do now? I said, we're going to go fishing. So we went out there, and we started going fishing, and so we come back, and uh, we start heading back up toward the campsite, and as I pulled the boat back up there, I went to put my foot on the brake, and the brakes went all the way to the floor. I busted a brake line. And so he said, now what are we going to do? I said, well, it's just the front brakes that are out. The back brakes still work, so I'm going to run into town and see if I can get us a brake line. And so while I was in town, I was trying to get another hitch that I could drill. I didn't have a drill, so we had to fix all this stuff. I mean, it was just insane what was happening. And he and I were sitting by the campfire that night, and I have more to tell you because my headlights went out too, by the way. When I was driving back from the auto parts store with the line, my headlights went out completely on my truck. And then the next day when we went back to get the headlamps, uh, we were going back to get the headlamps because I drove back. Just, I would just jerk the light switch every once in a while, and the lights would come back on. So I got back to the campsite, and the next day we went back over to to get the headlamps, and as we're driving over there to do that, uh, I pull up to the stoplight, and the truck will not go into gear. So I had to get a tire iron out in the middle of the road. I put the brake on, and I get underneath, and I had to jam that thing up under there. <laughs> and finally, it let go, and it started to go into gear. And so all this happened in one trip. And Connor, the night that we were sitting by the campfire, he goes, this is just terrible. And I told him, I said, you know, son, Sometimes things don't always go as planned, but you have to persevere. You can't just quit. I said, we came here to go fishing. And so we went over, and sure enough, we went over, and I took him over, and he cast his line out, and probably within two, three seconds, bam, got a huge catfish out of there, man, big one. We took photographs of it and everything, and he goes, I think it was worth it, Dad. <laughs> Persevering is hard, isn't it? when things don't go as planned, and uh, the Galatian people were faced with another gospel. They were given another gospel, and, and, and Paul said not another gospel, but, but Paul was encouraging them to remain in the faith through the liberty provided by Christ. You know, it's easy sometimes to abandon something, isn't it? It's easy to abandon and to quit and to give up, or to abandon and, and begin to live like the world again, but we're warned about entangling ourselves with the world after salvation. So, the challenge to you tonight is to avoid slipping. Are you avoiding the slip into the old ways of your old life? You know, it's easier to slip into that. It would have been easy to walk away from that fishing trip, wouldn't it? It would have been real easy to walk away from it and just say, that's enough. Enough's enough. And I just didn't want to quit. I wanted him to see quit shouldn't be in our dictionary. You just keep on going. You persevere. And so we are to put forth the effort spiritually to avoid slipping into our old ways. And I just want to encourage you to take two important steps. One of the things that the Bible teaches us is this. If you'll underline this in your Bible, the one thing it says is stand fast. Stand fast. 
Now, sometimes it's hard to take a stand, especially when it's not popular among others. I remember when I was in high school, uh, there was the Sapp family that was in high school with us, and this young man, his name was Roger Sapp, and, and Roger at some point got saved, and Roger was coming to high school witnessing to us. And uh, Brother Chris, I poked fun at him like you wouldn't believe. I made fun of that kid all the time. I thought, this is ridiculous, you know. Who are you, the preacher? And uh, I'd love to meet up with Roger right now. It'd be awesome to meet up with him and say, hey, Roger, <laughs> it probably didn't go to waste. But I mean, we would just pick on him something terrible. And it's hard to take a stand when others are not like you, you know what I mean? And, and, and so I, I thought about this. Standing on our Christian faith in today's world often comes with a level of ridicule. I mean, I, even by my own family at times, I'm considered to be a fanatic, and I'm the pastor. So I don't know what you go through sometimes. Uh, you guys go to church three times on Sunday and once on Wednesday? That's crazy. <laughs> why would you do that? Or why would you hold a week of meetings to go hear some guy preach? That's crazy. But they would never think a thing about going to ball games or uh, you know, doing some outdoor activity or something like that. So what does it mean to stand fast? Well, to be stationary? To stop? No. No, it has the idea of persevering. And so the idea is, is to persevere. I believe the easiest thing in the world is, is to quit. It's hard to persevere sometimes. It's hard to push through and keep going at times. You know, when facing struggles, it's hard to press on at times. But I think being persistent regardless of the obstacles at times, keep going after it. And, and as you think about this, with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ on our side and the liberty and the freedom that he talks about that he's given unto us, it's proved to us through him that we must take on the challenge, even as I thought about Joshua in his day. Can you imagine when Moses was going off the scene and Joseph, jo, jo, uh, Joshua was coming on the scene and Joshua was faced with the loss of his leader and then the Lord tells him, hey, listen, Moses is going off the scene and he told Joshua to, to not let this bother him but to just stop and think about this for just a moment and persevere. In Joshua 1.7 he says, only be thou strong and very courageous. He told him, keep on going. He didn't tell him, stop. And then he said this, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And he said this, be strong and very courageous. Keep going. Because that's what helps us prosper. And I believe when we persevere in our faith, it helps us to prosper spiritually if we persevere. Now, Christ tells us that we are free, we're liberated, we're delivered, and he accomplished this freedom for us. And so our charge is to stand fast. So what I want to challenge you with is this thought. Don't allow the world and its ways to entice you back into a life filled with sin. But when those obstacles come in your way, turn away from them. Turn away from them. Don't turn unto them. Think about this for just a moment. It takes some perseverance at times. I was thinking about uh, how many of you heard... Uh, uh, Brother Bartels preached Sunday night. How many of you heard him preach? Do you know he said something in the concourse of that message? He made this statement, and he said this. He said, you know, if you've got four people that are doing wrong, and you're the good guy going into the midst of the four, what's the chances you're going to get those four to do right, and what's the chances that you're going to go do wrong? <laughs> Did you hear him say that? That was a 22-year-old, in my mind, kid. <laughs> I got a 23-year-old here tonight. So in my mind, I'm saying this young man had this thought in his mind that what are the chances that you're going to affect those four, you know? And you say, well, don't we need to go witness? But yes, but the pressure sometimes comes on us, and we put ourselves in circumstances we shouldn't, 
And when we do, it causes us maybe to not persevere in our faith. We let those obstacles uh, cause us not to become faithful and not to persevere in those times. Jeremiah 6.16, a beautiful verse, he said, Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, ye shall find rest for your souls. Here's what they said, though, but they said, we will not walk therein. We're not going to go that way anymore, Lord. <laughs> we got a different path. We got a new way. We got a different direction that we want to take. And the thing of it is, is what God's telling us, and through Jeremiah, he's making this message clear, there is a path we ought to follow, amen? Straight is the gate, and what? Narrow is the way. I saw a plumbing truck going down 75, um, I think it was yesterday, and on the side of it, it had that verse. <laughs> Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, plumbing. <laughs> I thought, that's pretty good. And, and uh, as I saw that, I thought, we will not walk there, and we're not interested in going that way anymore. And see, that's what happens to us in the flesh. We get to that place where it's uninteresting to us anymore. It was fresh. It was new at a time, and now it's not so much anymore. And so I, I don't see the need to really pursue this any longer, and yet it has great benefits. You know, I was thinking about how Jesus, when he answered and said, it is written, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know, the devil was tempting Jesus at that time, wasn't he? And you think about the temptations when they come, and, and he said that, you know, it's not just this physical thing that we need. Isn't that what he said? It's not just the physical thing that we need. We need that spiritual health. And, and he tells us this in the Scripture. So to overcome the obstacles and to persevere, what it requires is God's Word, the Scriptures, to help us overcome the temptations that we face. And I believe the power is provided by Jesus Christ. This verse says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. He made you free from sin. <laughs> he gave you that liberty. He gave you, He liberated you. He gave you that freedom. And nothing says you have to go back and be a slave to it any longer. And in fact, in the very next verse, he says this. He said, or in the very next part of this verse, he says, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now just think about that for a minute. He told you, he said, stand fast. And the second thing he says, don't get entangled with your past. Don't get entangled with the way the world is. And what happens is, as Christians, it's kind of new, it's fresh to us for a while, and we like it for a while, and then it becomes old. And Jesus should not wear us out. <laughs> he should cause us to be excited and energized and the relationship that we have with him. So we're encouraged to stand fast, but we're also encouraged to not get entangled with our old life. And notice he says, be not entangled, and notice what the word is, again. Don't do this again. You've already experienced that. Don't go do it again. Now, uh, here's the thing. My brother, he had a pen that he'd say, here, you want this pen? And he would reach out to hand it to you, and you take it, and it'd shock you, right? So I learned that once. It only took one time. But when he goes to hand the pen again, do you think I'm going to say, oh, yeah, let me have that again. <clears throat> let me do it again. Oh, How many times would you do it? But you say, you know what, enough's enough, right? And the thing of it is, is that God's saying to us, why would you go back and get involved in stuff that you've been liberated from. Does that make sense? And he's telling us in the Scripture. So notice it says to be not entangled or to hold in or upon. Don't allow yourself to be ensnared again. 
And the word again is important because it's going back and not moving forward. He's saying the word again means you're going to go backwards rather than move forward. You're going to go do what you used to do? Are you serious? (laughs) Why would you go do that? Why would you want to move backwards? So we're challenged continually in the scriptures to move, uh, not to move back, but to move forward through Christ Jesus. So I thought about this too. When you spend too much time, now think about what I'm about to tell you, because I know our mind can go in the other direction. When you spend too much time, are you listening to me? When you spend too much time out of the word, when you spend too much time resisting to pray, when you spend too much time sidestepping church, when you spend too much time evading God's people, when you spend too much time, you will slip into your old ways and your old lifestyle. Because what you'll do is you'll avoid those things that are necessary to help keep you strong, to persevere, and you'll backpedal, and you'll begin to get yourself involved in things that will trap you and ensnare you and pull you away. Paul said, stand fast, and then he said, Do not entangle yourself again. Don't go back again. Move forward. And so he says, don't go back to that old lifestyle. And so when the Lord speaks of the old past, he is saying, don't desire to go back into your old ways, but go back to him. 2 Peter, would you turn there for a minute? Just go to 2 Peter real quick. Chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2. Look at verse 18 with me. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh. Through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, They are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed her wallowing in the mire. Now the word again, you saw it used multiple times in this group of passages that I just read to you. And he's saying this to us. Why do you want to go back? Why would you want to go backwards? You see, there is something alluring about it, but they're going to do it through deceit and manipulation, and they're going to want to draw you back out. And the devil's going to want to do the same. Yet, let me give you what God says to us, okay? So here we see God telling us, this is what happens when you allow yourself to be allured by the world again, to go backwards again. But God also tells us in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14, think about this now, Paul's speaking here, he said, forgetting those things which are what? Behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Now here's what he said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There is a time to forget that and to move forward. And so the challenge to us is, is this is not a matter of bouncing back and forth, but a stance you must choose and not join the world. Now, Paul uses a word here called yoke. And so he said, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. 
Now, that's to join up. It's a, it's a coupling, like it has the idea whenever you would take a piece of plumbing and you use the coupling where you, do, you, know, you maybe have to cut a piece out, it might be bad, and you put a coupling in there so you can put those two pieces back together. So you're bonding with that. And he's saying you don't need to do that anymore. You don't need to go backwards. And, and this is a Christian choosing to go back into the world and then connect with them that are on their terms. I'll allow myself to connect with you on your terms. So if that means alcohol, or that means drugs, or that means pornography, or that means violence, or that means anger, or that means whatever, I'm going to come back on your terms and connect with you again. I'm going to go backwards. And so God says, avoid doing that. And so this, it's not about going back into the world to reach the lost, but it's a turning back to your old ways. And you say, well, preacher, aren't we supposed to go out among them? Yes, but not join them. <laughs> We're not to couple with them. Are you with me? We're not to, to kind of join in in what they're doing. We're going out that we might reach them, but we don't have to join in in what they're doing. And a lot of times we think the only way that we can reach them is to join in with them. But when you join in with them, you're going to be just like them. And you're going to be entangled and ensnared and after you've escaped this pollution, why would you want to return again like a dog unto its own vomit? So you are now becoming ensnared or placed back into bondage or slavery to your old ways because what he said here is be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Why do you want to join up to your old sin? Why do you want to go backwards into your sin? What would be the purpose of doing that? And so the New Testament commands that we must obey and avoid getting entangled into that old life. Let me give you a couple of verses. You can just write these down. We're not going to turn to these tonight. Romans chapter 6 and in verse 12, it said, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. God said, why would you want to go back and get involved in stuff that's going to lure you away? In Ephesians 4, through 24, that ye put off concerning the former conversation or the life or lifestyle, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So God says there's a, there's a putting off, there's a change in thinking, and there's a putting on of something. That putting on is the Scriptures. Don't get entangled with the world. Be renewed in the Scriptures. Be refreshed by God. Be, allow the Spirit of the Lord to work in your heart and in your mind. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He said, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When he says old things are passed away, he's saying, all those ways of my past, they're dead. When he said they passed away, they're dead. I'm the one that decides to revive them. I'm the one that decides to go back and entangle myself. I'm the one that resurrects those lepers in my head. I'm the one that brings them back. And so what I do is I resurrect those things that God said, don't go back and entangle yourself in them again. Now, this is a choice. <laughs> it's a choice. Every day you have a choice. You choose to do these things or you choose not. Now you say, preacher, why are you so generic about what the sin is? Because for every one of us sitting in here, it's something different, I promise you. It's something different. I cannot nail you down and say that everybody's engaged or involved in this, but I can assure you everybody's a sinner, amen? That I can assure you of. So whatever is entangling you, you have a God that's greater than that. If you're saved, you don't have to allow yourself to be entangled in it. 
You have an opportunity to move forward. You can press toward that mark. You can leave it behind. You don't have to go back. You've escaped that pollution. Listen, he's telling us, don't yoke up with it again. Don't couple yourself with it. Don't bring yourself back to the place where you're engaged in that activity. So this is a choice. You, again, getting entangled in the ways of the world, your old life, or standing fast in the faith. Now, you make a choice. You choose which way you want to go. So how then do you avoid slipping into your old ways? Let me give you four things that I would really like for you to write these verses down. And I want you to think about what this says is saved people. Four ways to avoid slipping. It's very simple. Four ways to avoid slipping. Four ways to avoid slipping. Remind yourself, Jesus paid a price for you. Remind yourself, Jesus paid a price for you. Now, when I say he paid a price for you, he paid a price for your sin, didn't he? And for whatever sins you commit, I'm here to tell you, he paid a price for that. The verse that you can connect with that is 1 Corinthians 6.20. And he said, for you were... Bought, uh, for you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. You've been bought with a price. If you're saved, you don't belong to the world, you don't belong to Satan, and you don't belong to the flesh. You belong to the Savior. <laughs> and you've been bought with a price. You have been purchased by Jesus Christ, if you will. And so he reminds us, and you remind yourself, when you're about to engage in sin, remind yourself, Jesus paid a price for this. This has been paid for, and I do not want to indulge in this. Secondly, do this. Remind yourself that the Lord Jesus Christ loves you. <laughs> remind yourself, Jesus loves me. Remind yourself, Jesus loves me. In Jeremiah 29, 11, think about this for just a moment. This is one of the most precious verses when I read this. By the way, you say, well, he wrote this to the nation of Israel. Hey, listen, I've been grafted in. <laughs> this is me too. So I, I've been grafted in. And, and when I read this, he said, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. What's my expected end? <laughs> Heaven. And I, I expect to go to heaven. And he's saying, listen, I love you so much, I have determined the end for you. Isn't that wonderful? I love you so much, this is what I've done. Jeremiah 29, 11. He said, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. You know what that tells me? I am on God's mind personally. Isn't that what that says? I know the thoughts I think toward you. He's thinking about me. And I see that and I realize and I remind myself that the Lord loves me. Remember this. Remember, put on the mind of Christ and remove foolish thoughts. Put on the mind of Christ and remove foolish thoughts. So here's the thing. I, I remind myself Jesus paid a price for me for my sin. I, I remind myself that he loves me and I remember that I need to put on the mind of Christ and I need to remove foolish thoughts from my life. And sometimes, how many of you would admit tonight, there's some foolish thinking that goes on. We think foolish thoughts sometimes. 
That foolish thoughts leads to foolish actions. And it will. And when you think about this, 2 Corinthians 10.5. 2 Corinthians 10.5. The Bible says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So when I'm having foolish thoughts, does God teach me that he can help take over? If I can bring them into captivity, what can I do? I can stop thinking about that stuff and I can start thinking about the Lord, can I? I can stop thinking about those foolish things and I can include Christ in my thoughts. And you know what, folks? When you're thinking about Christ, it's hard to think about sin. <laughs> when you're thinking about Christ or when you're engaging in your relationship with Jesus Christ, it's hard to think sinful thoughts. Because what the Bible teaches us is that we can bring those into captivity. He said every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now let me ask you something. What would tell you what is obedient unto Christ? What's going to do it for you? This book, isn't it? It's going to bring your mind back to where it should be thinking. And then remember this. Remember to read God's Word daily. And here's what I want you to think about. Especially, especially when you don't feel like it. Read God's Word every day, especially when you don't feel like it. You'll get past those feelings when you start reading the Word. <laughs> the devil wants to keep you defeated. <laughs> and the Lord wants to help you to exercise your faith every day. They have two different goals. But I'm challenging you to be in the Word every day. Psalm 119, 10 and 11. Think about this. David speaking here, he said, With my whole heart have I sought thee. <laughs> I love verses like that. I'm going to be honest with you folks. I don't know if I get there all the time. I want to. I want to say, Lord, but to every part of my being, I want to seek you out today. I want to have that close of a relationship with Jesus Christ that I want him to have my whole heart. Now, when David's saying that, he's saying, I want you to have every thought that I have in me. See, when he say heart, we're not talking about the muscle pumping the blood. We're talking about that internal man which no one can see. It's those inward thoughts, those inward things that are happening to me. And he's saying, with my whole heart have I sought thee. And then he says this, oh, let me not wander, wander from, my, from thy commandments. He said, with my whole heart, let me seek you out. And he said, don't let me wander from you now. So he's asking God to even get a hold of him. And how God gets a hold of us, he does it through the power of the Holy Spirit which resides in us. And he does it through the power of his word and it helps bring our thoughts back to where they need to be. And so we're encouraged to remember this. And then you know this verse. He said, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not, what? Sin against thee. So he says, I seek you out with my whole heart, Lord, that I, I'm not wandering away from you, but when I take your word and I hide it in my heart, that helps me not to sin against my God. So remember, Jesus paid a price for you. That'll help you not get entangled or yoked in bondage again. Remember, he paid a price. He paid a price for the sin. Remember that he loves you. He said, I have an expected end for you. The thoughts that I think toward you, listen, his thoughts toward us is very different than our thoughts during a day. 
And then he said, remember, to put on the mind of Christ, forget those foolish thoughts. He said, cast down those imaginations. Don't think like that. Bring those thoughts into captivity to Jesus Christ. And then remember, to be in my word daily. To be in my word daily, and especially, especially when you don't feel like it. That's the day you need it. (laughs) So, I challenge you tonight to put these four things into action. For what reason? So that you may stand fast. So that you might stand fast. Therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath